You can't make photos from things in your head. You can't Google things that never exist if you want to create new things. And this is the job of a designer. Huh? You have to bring out things out of your head. Through your head, through pencil. Hello and welcome to the Sneaky Art Podcast. I'm your host, Nishant Jain. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Berlin-based illustrator Felix Scheinberger. Felix makes beautiful ink and watercolor paintings on location in the streets and nightclubs of Berlin, as well as everywhere else that he travels all over the world. In addition to drawing on location, he works as an illustrator for his own books as well as for others, and teaches as a professor of illustration at the Munster School of Design. In this conversation, I speak to him about how illustration is, in his own words, an applied imagination. And I try to find the roots of this imagination. What does it feed on? How deep does it go? What are some ways for the artist to empower their imagination? In this business of carefully observing the world, taking notes of all the things we see, and feeding our imagination, what role can urban sketching play? Felix's style of drawing and painting that he sometimes calls drinking makes everything look simple and effortless when it is anything but. This is a sign of great art. In his work, you will find quick, whimsical lines streaking alongside a painstaking attention to detail. As we speak, I understand that the only way to break the rules, whether in anatomy or proportion, is to first understand the rules and to internalize the processes. Only then are you ready to do whatever you want. We talk about conscious design choices and less conscious, more subliminal artistic instinct, and the way that we hone these characteristics about ourselves with time and hard work. This episode took me into the mind of an artist whose work I greatly admire, and now I better understand where the magic comes from. I hope that you will enjoy it as much as I did. So uh, I have to say my English is not as good, no? but okay, I'm a visual person, so we can, I think we will understand each other. No? Yes, we will. I lived in the Netherlands for a few years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was around a lot of people in Europe at that time who were not, uh, you know, as comfortable with English, so to say. But I, I think I've heard a few of your interviews and I think you're really good with English. I don't know why you say this. It's a little bit of an understatement. So. Yes. Yeah, maybe. And it's, uh, of course, it's, um, you know, it's just, if you speak not in your native language, it's just, you feel a bit like a reduced how I sound. You have to translate everything. You don't say what you feel. You have to some kind of situation in your head you don't have the uh, full vocabulary the pronunciation is not as good and finally it's always the thing you compare it what with your own language so in my case for that reason if you talk about things and i have to fishing for words (laughs) (laughs) do you do you uh, think of the answer in german and then translate it to english sometimes yeah yeah Uh uh-huh Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I grew up as a native Hindi speaker, mm-hmm. but 
uh, I studied in school in English. So everything I studied was in the English language. So sometimes I wonder which language I'm thinking in because it's a mix of both. I learned how to think about so many things only in English, but my first language is Hindi. So it's like I'm I'm sort of in the middle of both of those things. It's a very odd place to be. <laughs> yeah, I think and and um when we talk about drawing and we talk about visualization and I think this is an interesting point because I think we always have some kind of translation process including in our own native language because first of all we see or we feel and then we have to transform it in a way we do not recognize by ourselves and um you know sometimes it's 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 really difficult to um, talk about pictures huh? because yeah the pictures talk by itself <laughs> so, so there's no need for a translation they talk by itself yeah so, I think that's the biggest point there. The biggest problem is not even the language barrier. It's the fact that you're talking about something that you didn't in the first place want to talk about. You want to, like, it's it's been drawn because that's the best way to talk about, to, you know, communicate it. And yeah. now we are putting it into words. And so there is two layers of translation here. The first translation is that you translate it from artist to non-artist in a lot of interviews or to general public. Yeah, and then the second one is the language itself that you might have to think about from your, uh, you know, your uh, the language in your mind to the language that you're speaking with the person. So there are two layers here, which are it's quite interesting to have to do that. But on the other hand, of course, we talk about um, art. If I wrote a book, no? I talk about art. But I think it's um, yeah, it, it helps. Yeah, but it's it's not um, um, it's it's not precisely the same. I think it's an interesting fact that art is some kind of international language. Uh-huh. And this is, I think this is one of the reasons people have sometimes problems with art, yeah? because it's, it's direct. Yeah? It's not as abstract that people understand. Yeah? And yeah, from time to time, yeah, what can I say? In German, we have the sentence that a, um, a picture say more than 100 words. But um, I think it's not really correct. It's a, it's a phrase. Yeah? And I think um, it says in a different way, in a more direct way. It can also lie. It can also be yeah, tacky or um, describe things that not exist or um, fake news in pictures. It's also, yeah, it's, you, you can also have it. Yeah? But it's, um, it's, it's works in another yeah, in an environment, another aim. Huh? Yeah, in sometimes I think words are a little, uh, you know, literal. Like words are too exact, and when you say something through art, or sometimes you know through poetry, and this also changes from language to language. Some lang- like I find English is very literal. English yeah. is very. Yeah. This is this is how this is what it looks like. This is exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. It precise, doesn't do the job of doing feelings and ideas around emotions so well. Yeah, maybe that's my problem. And my, my native um, language is German, and German is um, very, very precise. So you don't have a one word for for whatever a cup or, or whatever you do. Huh? Huh? Um, you have many, many very precise uh, words, and this is. It is, it is very important what exactly you say because it could, the meaning could be changed so much. You know? 
So it's very possessive, more poetic language. Yeah? Maybe like Russian or something is also very poetic language. They're very precise, very poetic, very clear. Yeah? And in Germany, you have, um, it's a, I think a, a, this is a very special thing in German. You can combine words in a, in a way you just, because it's, uh, you, you have the idea. Yeah? You can just make new words all the time. And this also have new, um, precise description of what you want to say. And if I talk English, I feel, I feel really reduced. What is basically my fault because my English is lousy. No, but, um, so somebody I map, say in the old English way, for example, if you have poetry from Shakespeare or something, this is very, very power. This is super precise, but not this way we talk, and especially not in the internet. We say, hey, yeah, of course, and so, says nothing, nothing. <laughs> so that's, I feel a bit, yeah, uh, with this, I, I walk with a smaller horizon. If I change my, um, ideas um, in English. So I, I have a last time I'm making a domestica course and of course it was in English and I was really stressed about because yeah and um, I think I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a good teacher. I can be spontaneous and can really bring bring things on point but not not in an uh, in this uh, other language. And this is a really a sad thing. So I wish I could be better. Yeah. And not only the other language, but also it's the game is completely different when you're doing it online, right? You can bring so much enthusiasm to an in-person yeah. workshop that yeah. you have to then think, how do I share that now online across a screen? Yeah. Yeah. This is what, yeah, you, you, you know, we're doing the pandemic and now we, we make, I work in a university and normally I work with students and um, with real life persons. And you can, um, yeah, you have a feeling for people, yeah. And you can, yeah. I think I can be more. It's, it's, it is, it's, it feels really, I feel really a bit bad with the Zoom workshops. We can do this, and of course now we have this pandemic, and of course we, it, it, there's no chance. Sometimes you, you have a bad situation, and there's no good answers for bad situation. It's our silliness that we think, oh, we have, we need a perfect answer. No, sometimes you don't get perfect answers because the situation is not perfect. Yeah. So, um, but I was, I, we work with Zoom and Zoom is not bad. Yeah? But, um, yeah, it's not the same, especially if you talk about visualization. And for me, it's, I always, if I, if I teach students, I, my professors say, just come and, see and say something and I think it's much better to have a, a paper and a pencil and describe is with words and again describe it with visualization because you always talk about things like composition and something and it's this it needs sometimes a bit so, so, uh, a bit different line or a bit more space or something and everything change you know? it feels like to yeah I would compared with cooking, for example. <laughs> if we cook in Zoom, it, we can do this. Yeah? But if you cook a soup yeah, and you put a, something, a spice inside, everything changes. And this is, this is really, you can very, very, I think it's very compatible with art. Art works in the same way. You change a bit and the whole soup, the taste will be different. That's the point. But you, you think about if you do it in Zoom, yeah? you say, oh, you 
a price more salt. Huh? You can't taste it. Huh? That's the point. You, you can't you can't smell it. You can't, you can't see the color it. change. No, no, no. And that's the point. Yeah, this is a uh, yeah a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah, there are so many senses involved in cooking is such a nice example because cooking is essentially multi-sensorial. So anything in which being around the person or feeling or hearing or watching something with your own eyes, like all of those things are reduced in a lot of ways and lost in translation when we do it across this this screen. But but yeah, like you mentioned, like this is it's this or it's nothing. So so many people have had to adapt in so many ways other than other than teaching uh what are some ways that you had to adapt very quickly in this pandemic how have things changed for you okay i think um in the beginning the people were a bit scared um and for example they well, our business is to yeah, to make books my business to make books and um also to teach, but mainly also make books or buy, sell art. And last year, in the beginning, the people were really scared. And I was um, a bit disappointed because I had, I thought I have a really new idea for a cookbook and then make a, a nice cookbook. And it really failed yeah? because in, in Germany, some publishers, they lost 90% of their customers. Yeah? So it was a hard thing. The people, yeah... Of course, everyone would declare in pandemic, we make more sport and read books. And so, oh no, they eat more and watch Netflix. That's the point. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Incidentally, Netflix ended up getting a lot more cooking shows than yeah. maybe the books that were published about cooking. Yeah, that's the point. And um, I think this is, uh, I have this idea, it's because it's, it's interesting. It's a, a bit similar. If we teach drawing, for example, or teach um, painting, I feel it's a bit like um, to give you recipes. You take a bit color and uh, cook it 20 minutes and make another color inside and then do this and this and this. It's like recipes. And uh, to learn drawing, in my opinion, is not this step by step by step. You know this if you, for example, we have this old, old, funny television shows with Bob Ross. You know him, yeah, of course. You have some, such a yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, the, such a the joy guy. of painting. A lovely guy, very funny. Yeah, uh -huh. but to, to to describe the problem is if you if you work like this, I can show you how to yeah, to draw a special kind of tree, yeah, a buck, for example. Yeah, so you make it like this, this, this. And if you learn just like this, it's a bit like cooking with recipes. What will you do if you have another kind of tree? It's a palm or it's a, it's a, I don't know, it's a, a, a book or it's a, an ark or something. That, what will you do if you if you learn recipes? Yeah, I think it's always better to develop a feeling for things. And for develop a feeling of things, you have to try out. You have to taste you have the experience and so on and for that reason it's not be much better not to communicate with zoom or with something so try it out together go go and see see the difference that's the point so um but uh of course all these things are um, the people want success you know? the people want fast success and uh if, if i go to a workshop and say hey guys yes you always think Oh, Scheinberger is such that he makes such losing stroke and it looks so cool. And can we do learn it like this in one day? 
<laughs> and I say, hey guys, listen. Yeah, the point is, my stroke is lo loosey and um, um, fluently because I draw since 30 years. That's the point. It, it's you know, it's like, yeah. For example, also comparing it to something. If you can, you can produce something that looks like art. With in the same way, is is not art. It's like you go to a piano and without knowledge about piano playing or notes or something, you're just clippering something, and then you declare it as jazz. Yeah, you can do this, of course, but in in, in fact, it's a bit ridiculous, yeah? because um, sometimes you also need some kind of. Oh, how can I say this? I think there's not talent or something. Talent, I think, is a is a it's a fairy tale. But you, something like an aesthetic intelligence, you, know, you can develop while doing. One, you need sometimes you need the next step, just to be aware or to 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 see what is what is good or is not good in a drawing. When I was 14 and start with drawing, I was always wow, it's so realistic, it's so good. But to say the truth, when I was 18, I know how to draw realistic and. Then I could, on the one hand, just stop it or, or try to find new things out in drawing. But you always look from your perspective. Right? And in the internet and knowledge, and so all, all the people are just in success and so on. Yeah, you know, I think it's, it's, it should be a passion, right? not just ooh, how many likes have I. Yeah, actually, a lot of good points here. I want to not forget some of the nice ones you mentioned. Firstly, I really like how you described uh, the idea of cooking and how you brought that to art. Because <clears throat> so there's this difference I found between cooking in the West and cooking in countries like India is that uh, in India, we don't have very strict recipes, like how recipes are passed down from one generation to the other is all about feeling. You put a little bit of like words like a little bit of this, a dash of that, a sprinkle of this. Like these are not things that can be quantified and these are not things that should be quantified. You should not break them down into precise numbers. They are supposed to be part of a feeling that you bring. And the only way to do it right is to be very actively in the moment to take in all of these smells and to see the change in color and to then develop a sense of what that means to you. And from that, you get the recipe, which is always going to be uniquely yours. So you can't really, so sort of like, you know, uh, a lot of great jazz music, it doesn't have notations. So uh, a jazz musician does not sit with sheet music in front of them and then play because it's always going to come out a little differently. And it's like, you know, the rules of the game, you know, the way things are going to go and then you're playing it every time you're playing it. So it's going to be a little different and that's that's the fun that's the joy of it and i guess it's a really nice connection to bring it to art education because people think of it as they will borrow sheet music from you and then they will do exactly that thing but you're not you're not even interested in giving them that and if you did then it would be a it would almost dumb down your work and it would not pass out to them in that way yeah. also they wouldn't be able to do it yeah i think but yeah, you're completely right. I would completely agree. Um, I would reduce in one thing because copying for in the, in the first step is always not a bad thing. For example, if, if we talk about, let's talk about cooking. If you, if you smell something, find out how it works and try it out, copy it, why not? 
it's for, for the learning process, it's good. Yeah? But from, from one part, you want to make more recipes, or want, you have different ingredients, or you want another aim or something. And from then, you need more feeling than a recipe. And for develop this, I would completely agree with what you say. That's the point. Right. No? Yeah. Uh, you also mentioned how when you started to draw, you were attracted towards seeing how realistic your drawings could be. And then you reached a point where that wasn't exciting anymore. So I want to go back in time in this and ask you, just generally, uh, I also read in your bio that you studied illustration and since then you've been an artist. So could you tell me about the kind of <clears throat> the kind of art and illustration that kind of sparked an interest in you when you were young? What kind of things did you see uh, in art that made you want to draw? And what kind of things did you want to draw then? I think... Um... What I really like in, in art and in drawing was humor. I like I like that you can bring bring things on a point. You know? This was really a, for me. It was a cool cool experience you know, to find out that you can bring positions, feelings to a point with art, you know? not just make circles around. Bring it to a point to say, "Wow, that is it." You know? And I was um, when I was. Very young, I really uh, adore a um, uh, drawman from from America or from France um, uh, called Tommy Ungerer. He's a very very cool artist. He made just simplified children's books with a very cool precise line, very funny. Yeah? And he, I I think I, I like the fact that he makes so many different things. He makes children's books. He makes Belletristic uh, books for adults. He also makes erotic stuff and like so many different things. And yeah, bring the point, bring the things on the point huh? with a simple line to do something with a very simple thing with just a black line. Huh? Not just you don't need more much equipment or <laughs> you can you know you can draw with a finger in the sand. Yeah, that's the point. Huh? And I I was impressed to say so much things with so less equipment. This is really cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. actually, uh, this uh, really resonates with me because um, as I was leaving the Netherlands, when I moved to the US, a friend of mine gave me a book of illustrations by Tommy Ungerer. And this was a book called Cryptor. And it had a snake called Cryptor. Uh, I know and... this. Yeah, when I was a child, I had it. <laughs> So uh, I, it's in French, so I couldn't understand the words, but I looked through all the pages and spent so much time on them because they reminded me of exactly this thing that you're saying. And it reminded me of an illustrator who did this to me when I was young, uh, whose work I saw. And this was uh, Quentin Blake. And he used yeah, to draw in all the Royal Dahl books. Of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. And for those exact reasons, just the simplicity of line, how you can make me feel so much from a drawing of a chocolate bar or the drawing of a child standing in front of a desk. And how how can it be made to look so easy? And I know it's not easy because then I would try to copy it and I would realize this is really difficult. It's difficult to be simple, yeah, but it's, difficult it's doing it with this flair. And yeah. all my life then I wanted to draw like that. I wanted my drawings to look to look easy, to look like as if they were done in one session. And Yeah, me too. Yeah. This is to bring it immediately to the point. Huh? 
Yeah, it's, yeah. How can I describe it? If you, if you, I think if comparing this with writing, yeah, if you think, uh, if I start writing it, the sentence must be long and longer and longer and full of words. <laughs> if you write a while, you think maybe bring it in the point, <laughs> create atmosphere with nothing, with a few words. No, that's a very cool. Because I think this is a, yeah, it's um, it's a special kind of art to, um, yeah, to. Be a bit like a woodcut, yeah? black and white, and that is it. Yeah? That's that's a very nice nice uh, idea about art, yeah? not to build pyramids. You know what I mean? Huh? You need slaves to you need slaves to build pyramids. Yeah, that's a nice thing to make a finger in the sand and <laughs> I absolutely one hundred percent agree with this idea. This is how I've proceeded with all the art I've made and how I've thought about it that i wanted to be i wanted to be the the least number of lines i need in order to say what i want to say and anything more is unnecessary but i think you if you talk about yeah to 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 teach it to students yeah, you need a while to understand that um, and the reduction and the reduction is um is the art huh? and to to don't be meanless be precise what you do yeah? Say what you want to say, not just make long sentence, because many people just make long sentence and say nothing. And this is also you, what's important in drawing, because drawing, um, you always um, make decisions when you draw. You always think this is important and this is not important, because if you draw everything, go to deeper and deeper and deeper in the substance, it looks bit boring in the end surprisingly if you are too realistic it looks boring i you need you need uh, i think the auditorium and also you you need i i have to see what was the point of interest if i can't see this in the talk if everything is equal it's it's too democratic to to say yeah so it is it is not a good drawing yeah the drawing have to show what you mean this is, but it's also an interesting art. Huh? It doesn't necessarily mean that you, what you, whatever you do, it's, 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 it depends very much on the aim. You can also make uh, shitty, shitty fake news with drawings. Yeah? You can lie with drawings. You can make propaganda with drawings, and this is a bad thing. Huh? But um, okay, it's an, it's a tool. Huh? But uh, I think it works better if you bring it to the point. Yeah. And I think uh, this kind of idea that we want to, you want to not have too much work on everything. Like you mentioned, everything is equal, then nothing really stands out. You don't know what to look at because everything demands the same amount of attention from you. This is what a photo do. Huh? Exactly. That, photo that's what I was coming to. That yeah. it's, it's a factor of our times that because we already have photography, why do you want to do the same thing as an art? Like the art has to now distinguish itself from what other mediums can achieve. So um, like, I'm not a student of art. So I would go around in museums and I would look at art and I would try to see what strikes me. And then I would think about why did I like it? What about it did I like? And it occurred to me that uh, 200, 300, 400 years ago, they didn't have another way to depict what is the world around us. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What is the scenery? What is nature? What is this king? What is this person? What do they look like? So there was this need for art to be realistic and as yeah. realistic as yeah. it can be. Yeah. 
how else are you going to share what of cars course. are like definitely no but okay this is a bit photography makes makes this kind of art a bit meaningless to say that for just say who i have the skills but what is the message that you have the skills come on <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It becomes a technical exercise. And yeah. of course, every artist is allowed to do whatever they like, whatever makes them happy is fine. But mm. you're exactly right. Like I, at least I believe it that I don't see the the need or the, the purpose of that art when it can be reproduced. And therefore, you know, to do that is almost to say that photography is not worthy of the same. And photography is also art. So if a good photograph with some amount of post-processing and filters can do the same thing, why would you not do it through that? Why not choose the medium that is best suited to what you I, want to I achieve? I would agree, and I really like photography. Yeah? But I think um, we, we, we have to handle with the fact that this, this media exists. And nowadays also that you can, can um, improve photos, Photoshop, Insta filters, and so on. We have, we have to handle with this a bit because it's has an influence to our art. So, and we, we, I think it's for some things, photography is much more worthy, much better than drawing. But in a contrary way, also drawing have, have points that you can't reach with photography. Hmm? But I think as, a, as an artist, we have to think about the differences. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. That, that's exactly it. That as an artist, we should then think about what is the space that I can create for my art and why does my art and this this point is almost independent of pure skill like you don't need to be a certain level of artist in order to be able to be a great artist it's not a linear progression that you're climbing a pyramid of skill and talent and ability you know realism perspective those things are not you don't need to be the best at all of them in order to be a great artist because now there are other spaces it's about uniqueness it's about what value you bring of course, but uh, you, you see, I, 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 for example, in workshops, people come and say, oh, I'm not the type of artist who like perspective or something. And I, okay, I understand, from, from a, but on the other hand, I would also declare, come on, you can't, if you, if you declare yourself as a poet and want, want to write poetry and not care about grammar or vocabularies or words, you won't be able to do this. You're a bit, you need, yeah. But it's not all. This is it's so it's a bit beyond. You have got it. Yeah. So that's a that's a good point. So as a teacher, you know that you want your students to break, you know, be independent of the quote unquote the rules. Mm -hmm. But you have to teach them the rules in order for them to be independent of those rules, and yeah. you have to have them know how to operate within the rules in order to break them with style, as it's said. So how, how does that go? How does that conflict go? That you have to teach them these processes, but you have to teach them to not be bound by these processes either. In my course, so I think the most time I declare about basics. Huh? For example, um, declare simple things like what is shot settings, or how composition works. Show it, yeah? show how composition, with, without touching the aim or the idea. Just yeah, do something with the composition. Mm -hmm. Yeah move it a bit. I think it's also, um, you know, uh, I think that most of the people have these skills and can't transfer it to pictures. For example, if you have, if you buy, you buy yourself flowers and um, put it in a vase and think about where can I put it maybe on the table or near the sofa or something. This is composition skills and the people don't know this. Yeah? 
the people um, ask me, oh, well, can I work with color? But they, they wear clothes. <laughs> so, they, <laughs> Go to your to your <laughs> cupboard and and see what uh, what what fits itself. You know, try it out. And I I um I want to help um special students to to bring the transfer from the skills they have to new skills. And uh, just in a second step, I talk about um, drawing some lines and something. Right. We start we start simple. You know? And I I really believe in these things. I think. This is the point that people think, oh, Felix, it looks so easy and it looks so cool, but it looks good because not I make a, a line in a, in a weird way. It looks good because I I learned many, many, many years composition. <laughs> so that, that, for that reason, it looks good. You know? It's not the, uh, the loosey line or something. Maybe it's a bit the loosey line, but it won't work if you if you make it a bit one centimeter too more to the right, then it won't work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, or if you choose to not put... So, uh, this brings me to my next question. Um, I saw in one of your interviews, uh, you were talking about um, how you feature people very centrally in your work. And that's something that I absolutely also agree with. So, uh, this question is about those things. A lot of urban sketchers I know don't either don't feature people at all in their work or they have people in a very uh, background, uh, decorative sort of way. And uh, so I'm asking you this because you said in this interview that you'd start with people because you want to start with the most difficult thing. Mm. So uh, these are th- this was your uh, phrasing of it. And I say this exact same thing to people, but my phrasing is a little different. I say that I start with the most interesting thing. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe it's the same. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, so thinking of it as the same and also slightly different, uh, what I wanted to ask you is, in what ways is starting with people the most difficult thing in a drawing? And why is it still important that to you that you do so? Uh, okay, I think it's, it's, it's clear as water. The, the people move away. Well, the, the building will stay. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. You have time for the building. You don't have... There's, there's a time fact yeah, when you draw people. People are... If you draw people, the people... They will move, or they will they will go, or they want to look on your paper. Don't look at you. you change their position, their face, and so on. So you have to be fast. Huh? And um, because I never work with photos, I don't like it. Huh? I can't. I, maybe I can, but I, I, I do not do this. <laughs> I want a real person. Huh? Because if you, um, yeah, a real person, it's more loaded up with reality. Huh? It's just, um, also a bit intimacy, or so. Um, awareness and yeah it's a, it's, it's the real world hmm? and i think one of the first reasons is because they move because they um they will it's some kind of contact it's it's a different thing with a building you have also some kind of contact but maybe maybe not so much hmm? it's more uh, contact from one side <laughs> with a <the> building <laughs> and if you talk people it's not like this yeah they, they interact with you yeah Maybe they will be proud that you draw them, or you will be offended. And whatever you draw from from a, from a weird um, point of view, you also draw for them. You not just draw for you. If you draw the building, you draw it for you, because it's a communication. Because you know, and, and you know they will, they will, yeah, they will criticize, or they will be feel 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 honored, or something like this. And uh, as all people, we are 
I'm not free from the action from other people. So let's make this also more difficult because it's 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 a yeah it's a ghost. Right? It's a it's a it's a real thing. Yeah, and the building is just yeah it's also just art. Yeah. Right. Um, so getting to the second part of that question, a lot of people would react with this idea that you know, it's difficult to draw people because they move away, they walk off, they're there for such a short time. And their solution to this problem would be that I'll draw everything. And then if I have space, I'll throw a person in there. So while it is this difficult to do it, and you have to leap at this opportunity, and you have to be very aware of the, you know, the quote, unquote, that perfect person in that perfect spot that kind of just clicks for your drawing. Why is it important that you that you'd still do this very difficult thing first? Um, I don't know how it works for you. For me, it's I sometimes I I, I need a bit there to draw. You know, because it's a process. It's not a not a not a just a screenshot or something. It's a process. It needs a while. Also, if you look at my drawings, people think, oh, it looks so quick. It's not a quick drawing. Maybe it's take an hour or something. It's not quick. Wait for a bus an hour. <laughs> it's not quick. <laughs> so, if, of course, it's it scares. It scares a bit if you make you, uh, you fulfill everything and then you put the most difficult point to the end with a chance to destroy it if you fail. I think it's smart if you are afraid of something to it first. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. To 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 jump into the page with that kind of challenge is also part of like a mental resolve to attack that drawing. To it's not so technical as we think drawing. It's, it's also us. <laughs> so of course. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a great point. Uh, for in in my case, when when I'm going out in a city and I explain it to people often on my podcast in this way, also, when I think of buildings and I think of uh, all these in things in our urban environment, whether I'm drawing in a cafe or a building, even I always think of the city with respect to the people in it. So my argument is that the the city is an artificial environment. It has no reason, quote unquote, to exist. The only reason it exists is because it is servicing our needs. Whether we want a place to sleep, whether we want a place to get a drink, whether we want to go from one spot to another very quickly. So there's a bus stop here, there are traffic lights here. So therefore, these things have no meaning outside of the human context and the way humans would use them. And so if I were to draw a lamppost and there is no person, is it still a lamppost? Is it still a cafe if nobody's drinking coffee? It's now it's just for me, uh, the way I see the, my world, it's just a space. And there are these things which look like tables. But again, if there's nothing on it that somebody put, is it a table? If nobody's sitting on it, is it a chair? So humans are the reason why all of these things exist. And so I have to draw them first so that the drawing has a has a meaning. Yeah, and it's if you have um, this um, sketching scenes with all people, well, doesn't it look a bit scary? If you think about it, it looks like you know this Italian surrealistic painter Chirocco from the from the um, what's his name Chirocco Chirocco I don't know he makes a, some kind of city surrealistic cities without people in the night it looks so scary yeah 
this doesn't describe the scenery. Normally, there are tons of people. So you, you need to have <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. My argument there, and it's not a very charitable one, is that a city without people in it is like a dystopia. Yeah. This is after a calamity has happened yes. that it yeah. would look like yeah. this. Yeah, it looks like this. Yeah, For that reason, yeah, I think people in general, they are, they are difficult because we are experts for people. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we just not count the eyes or legs or something that is it. Yeah? How we, if we draw a dog, for example, yeah? we simplify it and we are really not care about the proportions and about the nose and something. And it looks like it's a dog if you have, I don't know, four legs that was it and a tail, and a tail that's a dog. <laughs> and, but we are experts for humans, we are experts for our own body. If you want to drop the light off, yeah, you don't have to count it before. You just can do this. Huh? So um, you just you know how long is your arm, huh? and you you know how long is the arm of other people. If a people, for example, if you go on the street and you see a, a guy passing through and yeah, you have problems with his leg, you see this. You see if people are sad or excited, or you can see this. Because we are expert for man, and from this this knowledge, we are more we are really hard criticals, also with drawings of people. Huh? We are not we are not criticized if someone draw a dog. We think it's okay, it's a dog. <laughs> so we have, we simplify it. Huh? So that's the other point. Uh, so that makes it more difficult huh? because we are so hard critics criticisms. Huh? So in uh, keeping that in mind, the the way that you draw people, is that then like some kind of breaking free of these ideas of exactly how that arm should look, exactly how the shoulder or the, the torso should proportion? Are, are you sort of, are you sort of pushing against this thing when you, the in, in the style that you draw people? Sometimes, I think sometimes it's, um, it's just fun. Yeah? Just, yeah, okay. drawing is more funny thing, yeah. So um, sometimes I uh, simplify things or, or be more not aware of preciseness in, in some points of my paintings because I want to bring the, the, the point of attraction to another point in the... This is not everything is lousy. Not everything is in an easy way. There's something that is more precise. And this is... It's, we, talk, we talked before about this. Not, not to make everything equal. So and sometimes it described also personality from people. If people are strong, they make them the shoulders wider. Or if people are maybe they are, I don't know, insecure or something. I I draw them in a different way because drawing is not just reflection what you see; it is also declaring what you feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's such a nice point. I, I look at your work and there's there's this diversity of, of different styles of work, different uh, purposes of work. There's a lot of urban sketching. There's a lot of illustration. There's a lot of illustration you do for yourself. And there's a lot of illustration you do for others. And uh, I saw in an interview again that you described illustration as applied imagination. And I absolutely love that term. Oh, so I want to, I want to, I want to pick it apart a little bit, and I want to ask you, uh, what are the things that feed and nurture this imagination in your life? Hmm. 
it's always it's always a very good thing to be interested in many different things. Not just in drawing if you're a drawer. I I don't know. Sometimes I read books about history or about scientific things or maybe just poetry and mix many different things. I go to museums, I go to pier in Berlin, I go to parties or clubs, do different things. Be um, many dimensional. Yeah? Because you could never know what, what brings you to another point in drawing or in your art. But it without on reflection with other things, I think it, it won't really work. You have to be inspired by something. And I'm also just inspired by, yeah, I don't know, by cooking or music or something. I'm not feel like just a drawman. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very true. Like, uh, I, I really feel that way also myself because I, I read a lot and that makes me, uh, I read a lot of history and I read a lot of, of late I've started reading a philosophy even because I got very curious about yeah. some ideas yeah. and that made me think very differently about people. And when I read about existentialism and there we come back to, we connect a little to what uh, the way Germans fabricate words, because I was reading something that Heidegger wrote and then it's so difficult to understand him because it's being translated from his beautifully yeah. fabricated long German words to English. Yeah. Yeah. And it made me think very differently about the person in a, in a huge landscape, that single person and how I think of him. And I tell people that this sort of thing helps me to more empathize with them, yeah. to see them more as my subjects that are not just in my drawing. They are the reason that I'm doing this drawing. Yeah. Yeah, I to totally, totally, totally agree. Yeah. Agree, totally. So uh, in, in this process of feeding your imagination... How how does how does drawing from life work for you? Like, what is the what is the role it fulfills? What are the different roles maybe that it fulfills for you? Hmm, good question. Um, I think sometimes it's it's just um, because I I think sometimes what I find for me, I think in general I'm interested in, for example, people, huh? and I think I. Well, last time I had this thought that it is some kind of excuse. It's some kind of excuse to be interested in people. It's it sounds very weird, but weird. But if you think about this, if you just sit somewhere and watch people, huh? you are probably weird, or you are an idiot, or you need friends, or something like this. So it's an excellent excuse to be interested in people. So I think in general, I'm interested in, in, in the world I live in, yeah? in people, also in, in animals and buildings and nature and anything. Yeah? But I think it's a good excuse to be interested. You understand what I mean? Something like mm -hmm. this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so when, when uh, like I, I also read about how uh, traveling has made, is, is, is really important to you. And of course, with COVID and the pandemic, that's been taken away from us in so many ways. But uh, you mentioned how uh, traveling, and I'll, I'll, I'll quote a bit. I think this is part of the book that uh, was compiled by Danny Gregory. You said, I don't travel to illustrate. I illustrate to travel, and I travel to understand the world and my role yeah. in it. Yeah. So uh, again, I'm thinking about this idea of 
building like a database in your mind of objects and things from from drawing them from you know uh, drawing is our excuse to look at them for long periods of time and making it socially acceptable i'm staring at this building yeah. <laughs> or this tree because i'm drawing it it yeah, makes sense of course yeah. but uh, this is also it 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 describes also uh, when i do this it's, I, i i do it the first time i do it for me i i want to understand maybe it's just a miracle and i want to understand for that reason i do it so also maybe with people huh? and while i describe the world i I uh, aware a bit uh, a colleague uh, said a nice sentence that he he draw to understand what he think to see what to make visible what he think in a way that he is not aware of all his backburning uh, stuff he's, he's he 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 yeah he bring it to the light also for himself to see what you think what you think and i think maybe it's a bit like this huh? that that's a really nice quote and i've i've heard a different variant of it before it's uh, by a famous writer she said that i write in order to know what i think mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah. of course these are different ways of expressing and different ways of formulating thoughts whether you write them out uh, whether you write it in fiction non fiction poetry or whether you draw it these are just different ways of of Uh, expressing whether you use words and a language or you use lines and no language to 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 sort of make sense of all the different things that are floating in our mind and that don't connect yet so with this idea in mind does that make illustration then the job of uh, like the equivalent of saying what you think of the world like if drawing from life is to figure out what you think and how you process your world is illustration now like you've turned around and now you're telling people this is yeah. what i think yeah and i i, I for me is there's not a, so such a, a hard border in, in when i was a student of course it was more border because i was maybe i i say children's books or something but now i illustrate books with yeah mixtures with my ideas with fantasy with with things i saw hmm. and for that reason I'm, most people would declare me as an urban sketcher and i would disagree because i think not really i for example i i really love this this environment it's very cool um 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 things is urban sketching but i uh, for example i also add things that i, I do not see uh, at my fantasy i don't count the windows i just make something like um scratching but not I wouldn't declare myself as an urban sketcher uh, but on the other hand my excuses i do it since long 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 time you know? not just since uh, urban sketchers are, are here you know? i think my first sketchbooks are made in the 80s or something of so, so, so very long time and i think after a while you are you're bored from counting windows you know? <laughs> could be <laughs> i have been urban sketching for maybe 5 years and this was my way of sort of uh, teaching myself to draw because i i have always wanted to draw comics and i was drawing comics for uh, about 6 years before that but they were stick figures because i was really bad at drawing and to me i was in chicago at that time and i was just so blown away by the magnificent city that i thought if i just walk around and i draw things I'll learn how to draw and then I'll know how to make yeah, better course. illustrations and better comics. Like a, a, I needed a vocabulary. Yeah. 
This is, as, I, as I said, you, you need you need uh, grammar and vocabularies if you want to write poetry. No? That's the point. <laughs> you can't start with poetry, and if you, if you have just grammars and vocabulary, it will never come to poetry. Yeah. So you, you need those. You need a uh, um, yeah. Yeah, and very soon I realized that. Uh, I hate windows. <laughs> I hate <laughs> things that are. I hate things that are parallel and that are you know that uh, obey perspective so perfectly on my page because, like you said, you know you were talking about how you don't want to draw everything and then get to the most difficult thing, which is uh, people, and then make a mistake because that would feel so bad about your whole drawing. And for me, that's what a window is. That I don't want to draw something in so you know that are there are hundreds of them, especially in a city full of skyscrapers like Chicago. And then get one slightly wrong, and then my whole drawing will be wrong because of this evil little unimportant thing. And I discovered in that way that uh, window—I don't care for windows. So I'll draw one window and I'll draw two, and then I just—I I don't want to—I don't want to draw more windows, so I don't draw more windows. Yeah. So uh, I guess the 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 thing I'm getting at is then how do we think of what we call urban sketching? Is it is it a complete loyalty to representing the real world? Or is there a, a degree of give and take? So I've spoken to, just before you, I spoke to Ian Fennelly. Yeah, this is a nice guy. I like him very much. Yeah, yeah. and and Ian had a wonderful thing to say about this. Like he said that his, we, we arrived at this idea that his line work was representative of the world that he saw, but his colors were not. His colors were representative of his emotions and his mood that day and the various things he feels. So those have no place in reality, but his line work more or less sort of in his style depicts the world as he sees it. So I guess there's a bit of play here as well about what we call urban sketching and what we call illustration or sort of creating from what you see, riffing off of what you see. When I think back 15 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, yeah, uh, there was no urban sketching scene and uh, drawing in general was not so common. I, I, I remember that I um, applied for a job as a drawing teacher in a university, yeah? and um, they don't in, in Mainz, in uh, a city in uh, West Germany, and the, the professor says that I'm not cool enough because the really new thing is computers and drawing is not interesting and so on. And, and I'm really thankful that um, people are more again more interested in drawing because drawing is not just reflecting something or just just copy something it is also a way to to bring out our imagination huh? to, if i just i want to create new things then it's not helpful to use google or something but because i want to find new things i find things from other people that's it. pictures from other people but if i have something in my head and i want to bring it out huh? I think it's a very useful skill to, to, to know how to draw. Huh? You can create new things. And for that, I'm really thankful for this. this um, um, yeah, people are more, I think they, they really, um, this, this perspiration prosper, of um, drawing, it has to do with, um, well, with computers. Huh? That, that we, we, we feel, we, we go to a library with millions of books but we just pick out the the book where it's an advertising post in in the in the door yeah? and we read all the same book yeah? and but if we go out 
and you have influence from random or from new things, the things you see or something, you can make new combination, you know, find it by yourself. And I think for creativity, it's a very good thing that it's that we have this perspiration of, of drawing at the moment. And these things change if I think back. Um, at the beginning, I think I was 15 years, maybe 10 years ago, I was with, with students in Istanbul and we draw. And I think it was fantastic, but the, the, the students always draw scenario without people and without cars. Because I think they draw something they had in their, their mind, something like not really reflecting what they see. Uh, they had older drawings in their mind. They, they want to create something like, oh, I don't know, William Turner or something. And of course, there was no cars in William Turner's pic sketchings. <laughs> but um, I think um, now the, the development is uh, more that people really reflect what they see. They also not just draw windmills or something, huh? or go to Tuscany and make old buildings or something. They draw whatever. Huh? And I think this is, a, this is a very good step. I think it's also, yeah, it helps to reflect the world. For that reason, I'm, I'm thankful that there's, there's such a big thing like urban sketching. Yeah, 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 I absolutely agree. So many things you said there that I absolutely agree with, especially that, uh, like, there's the, the, the plus and the minus of having access to so much media. The, the plus is, of course, that you have so many things that can inspire you. But then the minus is that you have so many images that are locked in your head about how things should look, yeah. what is valuable, what is pointless. Yeah. So if you if you go to Paris, you go, you run to the Eiffel Tower because that is the thing to see. Yeah. But all of Paris is a thing to see. And even the not beautiful, the ugly parts are things to see. And yeah. uh, that, that open-mindedness to, to imagery is gone. And like, Everybody has seen everything. You can't you can't shock anyone with a photograph anymore because they've seen something or the other like it already yeah. in their scrolling feeds, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or Google or somewhere. They've already seen everything. So uh, this kind of brings me to uh, a question that I wanted to ask you. Um, thinking about all these images that we have in our mind, uh, when you try to understand a new place that you've never seen before, what are these? What are some kinds of different elements that you want to look at that will compose that place for you? And uh, do, do, do they compete with images that are already in your mind? Do you have do, do they do these images from television or from other media? Do they help you or do they get in your way? Do you have to defeat them in order to see that place for yourself? It's mm, a difficult question. I think when I work with a sketchbook and have time, I think I, I have this, this reference. All of us have this reference, and I, I maybe I start with some reference, and from from this reference, step by step, I find an own thing. So maybe I, I use a, a few pages for some kind of postcard sketchings, you know, just to to feed these trolls a bit, you know? because of course I have this, you know? so I'm not not free from this. You know? I feed the trolls for with a while was making something, yeah, and and after this I um I go step by step to my own things. For example, for I was in Italy, and I was in Pisa, and Pisa is one of the I think there I think this is one of the most most things that everyone 
photo cup in Italy. This 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 Tower of Pisa. Yeah. And um, I did this, yeah, maybe maybe for me for fun, but I I just realized that I think this tower is yeah, it's interesting. But there's there's a, a few buildings nearby who looks also very very interesting. Yeah. So I, step by step. I go to other places. And then I found out that the best way in Pisa is just sit in a coffee, have a pizza, and um, draw the people. It's more interesting than the tower. Huh? So, but I think it's also in my case, I, I have to feed the trolls huh? a bit. And I, it doesn't mean that I'm aware of this. I'm aware of this because I'm, I'm, I do it since a long time and I know this, this phenomenon. Huh? But I feel so would it would it then be that you uh draw the leaning tower get it out of the way and then you go to look for real things that yeah. will, will yeah. push you yeah well I, I look for pictures of the leaning towers um that not seen before so i make a picture um from from a from a garage or something, you know, and a, a, from a lousy rotten place. And on the roof, there's a, just a bit space and you see the top of the leaning tower. You know? So it describes from some point of view it very well because, yeah, of course it's a real city and so people live inside and also poor people live inside. It's not just fancy tourist shit. You know? So um, it describes it also, and I think maybe in a better way. Because of course you you know this all these pictures exist, and again, um, when when we 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 have not just the reference from now, also the reference from all drawings. You, know, you probably know all these classical drawings from I don't know, Kasper Friedrich Turner, blah blah blah, Egon Schiele, all these super cool things. Yeah, and um, I think we have to handle with this reference a bit. Um, then sometimes it's, for example, if we if we draw again a windmill, well, it describes not really our world. It describes some kind of, I don't know, romantic ideas about the world. And if if you draw an old house and you don't have a relationship to it, for example, if it's a house where you where you 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 beloved, beloved uh, person live in. Yeah? This, is a, this is a meaning, but just an old house? Well, maybe it's a holiday house from rich people from Netherlands. I don't know. <laughs> so, so what? <laughs> where's, your, where's your connection? Yeah? Maybe it's, it would be nicer to draw the house where your beloved cat live inside. Yeah? I don't know. Yeah? This is a connection. And uh, to say the truth, when um, in, the, in the 17th century, when Van Dyck and Rembrandt make sketching from windmills, they don't want to say, oh, wow, so romantic is our world. Yeah, ooh, we have such <laughs> poetic, poetic world we live in. No, no, they, 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 uh, they draw the newest technology they had. It is like we, we draw, I don't know, um, radio telescopes, <laughs> something like this. Yeah. And we don't draw radio telescopes. We draw windmills. And that's yeah. so weird. You know? If you think <laughs> twice, it is like Rembrandt 
um, go to Stonehenge and draw Stonehenge. <laughs> so, so what? <laughs> it's a bit weird yeah? if you think twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, like it feels to me like as if we are burdened so much by all the things that we are able to find out. And so when I think about some of these artists that I really like, and Van Gogh is one of them, Rembrandt is one of them, and I'm a big fan of uh, Lautrec in Paris yeah, and also course, Egon Schiele. Uh, I wonder, awesome, awesome, awesome sketches, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder about how much information did they have about their world? How much information did they have about the different kinds of styles of art and representation compared to how much we have today? And we always mm. think that more information is good, but I always wonder if more information doesn't all, kind of, you know, it, it clogs the, the river, the, yeah. it blocks the river yeah. for us, yeah. for yes. our free flow of ideas. It makes pressure. And as also to always comparing yourself you will probably find people who look better than us or you will probably find people who run faster than us and so on and so on you can it's, it's a way to yeah just to block yourself you know, not be uh, aware what is really inside you what is uh, important and i think it's comparing is always not such a good thing you know? and in art also I think it's it is a it's a really important also for the process to find out what is important. For example, if I go, you ask me what I do with students. For example, so one of the um, exercises I really like is to go with students and make thumbnails, small sketches, not big sketches, very small, tons of small sketches. Go to one place and just make thumbnails with different perspectives, different, different point of views for what you see. And you will see you can make thousands of pictures from just one place. And it's, yeah, I think the very important for, for artists is to make decisions. And um, not just to do something, but because without decisions, you will probably go to the next windmill yeah, and try to, to create something like Rembrandt did. Yeah, this is the point, yeah. And I, sorry to say this, but Rembrandt was very good. Yeah. So what? <laughs> it's not a good idea. Come on, <laughs> find find something new. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in the subject of finding something new, uh, I'm always intrigued by how sometimes I find something new as a function of simply being an urban sketcher. So, if I'm an urban sketcher and I'm in a big city, like a famous city. Often, uh, and this is uh, maybe it's a it's a consequence of the kind of urban sketcher I am. So what I do, I call it uh, sneaky art. It's that I I don't like to be conspicuous. I don't like to be very visible in the center of my scene. I like to be away from people that I'm drawing. I like to be away from the the scene that I'm drawing so that nobody can quote unquote see me. So I'm being a little mm. sneaky. Yeah. And what that does as a result of that. I usually cannot pick the first point of view that really strikes my attention when I'm walking around a building. So I can't take that first one because all the photographers and all the videographers also have chosen that spot. So everybody's there. All the tourists are there. I have to go to a second spot. Sometimes that doesn't work either. I have to go to a third spot or a fourth spot. And 
in this practice of finding a third and a fourth spot that is also interesting this is where all these extra these prior prior images they get knocked out of my mind and i have to look at it from a new perspective literally from a new perspective and find appreciation in that same thing but not from these images that i've seen before from my phone or from the internet that are locked in my head yeah. so do, is that something that you that you uh, that you find yourself doing when you're out there when you're drawing in when you're drawing on location yeah, that you are looking yes, for yeah. if it's if it's if we talk about the, the eiffel tower yes uh, mm-hmm. i would completely agree uh, and um yeah because you have to handle with the fact that that there are other references and that many many pictures exist and special from from these old things yeah millions of pictures exist not even in internet also there are many many people see it huh? many many people make sketches makes i don't know huh? so i think um, it's a, it's always a bit um, uh, run on the blade because on the one side you want to describe the world on the other side you will describe it in a new way huh? so um, i think as i said before there's no recipes for things sometimes i, I or just choose a place because there's shadow. <laughs> so could also be. <laughs> so, Absolutely, um, yes. I have Celtic skins, so I, I can't can't sit in the sun for a long time. So what? It's also a reason. But <clears throat> if I have a chance, of course I would look for something new. And I think that's an interesting point. Um, I... I always, yeah, I, I always handle a bit with references, you know? also with reference from, from photography and, and from other talks, yeah? of course. Yeah? And I think sometimes, it's, I think when I, when you, when you, mm, when you start drawing, you, I think the, the goal is uh, to, to, to catch this. Yeah? And after a while, it's not just to catch it. It is also to catch something that nobody did before, hmm? catch something new. And I think this is um, also something um, I always look for. Hmm? So uh, in the la- my, uh, one of my last books was um, go to places where it is not allowed to make photos and sketch there. So because the people, if you sketch, uh, go to, for example, to techno clubs in Berlin or to... I don't know, you probably know things like uh, uh, Bergheim or Kiket or something. So techno clubs with tough people, sexuality, with um, loud music and drugs and blah, blah, blah. And, this, and if you go to these clubs, the people will ask for your cell phone because nobody wants to have photos from these places. But nobody feels disappointed if you draw there. So, so I go with sketchbooks to these places and draw what's inside. Huh? So sometimes it's very easy. You know, you just can what what is not able to to, to work on in a photo, huh? where you are unable to make photos, for example, because of the light, because it's too cloudy, because it's I don't know, huh? it's not allowed. Huh? Also, people feel that this is some kind of respectless or something. They don't want to have photos. So, um, yeah, since since a few years, I, I always think maybe what can I do? What's what's new to create new pictures that not exist huh? in general? Huh? And I think it's because 
what we do is some kind of documentation, also some kind of documentation. And yeah, it is, um, it's a difficult thing to make nowadays documentation, especially with drawing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I like the fact to make something new from time to time. Let me take a short break here to thank my sponsors as well as preview the upcoming section of the conversation. The Sneaky Art Podcast is listener-driven and independently created. This means that I do all the work to keep it going, right from booking guests and formulating questions to conducting these conversations and all the post-processing work afterwards as well, including but not limited to writing these words that you're hearing right now. It can mean a, a lot of work every week, and I enjoy doing all of it. But it would be much harder to do things the way I want with the care and attention that I want to give it if I did not have the support of my listeners. So if you're enjoying this episode and if you like this show, you can support it with just a cup of coffee. That's all it takes to keep me going. <laughs> I want to take a brief moment to thank the listeners who have bought me coffee this week. So thank you, Lisa, Suzanne, Patty, Jim, Vikram, and some anonymous others. I want to give a special shout out to Jim who sent this message with his support. Jim says, Loved this week's podcast with Ian. Two points stood out for me. First, the heart of a teacher. Second, his commitment to refining his work by composing and working his carefully planned and selected details. As a newbie to drawing, I can only wish to set a learning program for myself with a teacher like Ian. I absolutely agree, Jim. Ian's work, which I discuss in episode 24, is about going deeper and deeper and building up his work in layers. It was quite fascinating to hear about his process, and he's inspired me to implement some lessons in my own work very soon. So if you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode, I would love to hear from you. Visit the link in the show notes to buy me a coffee and use it as an opportunity to start a conversation. I also want to take a minute to thank the amazing listeners who support my work with a few cups of coffee every month. I offer my members various privileges and giveaways in return for their generous support. So, thank you, Becky, Martha, Ruth, Etienne, Kar, Debra, Vinayakam, Anne, Mark, Russ, Sanket, Santosh, Dinah, Megan, Mark, Emma, Martha, Ellen, Ashley, Kate, Mike, Molly, Melanie, Annie, Henrico, and Rohit. There are two more members now for whom I do not have the name, so I'll thank you by your usernames, C, Zinzer, 88, and Misa Gaya. I've already run out of breath in saying these names. There was a time when I used to be able to say it in one breath and sign of great progress. Yay. <laughs> to read more about the member exclusive content that I put out, uh, my monthly print giveaways and privileges, visit my Buy Me A Coffee page using the link in the show notes. I've been working on some exciting new exclusive content for my members, which begins next month, and I'll be ready to share the details on that very soon. In the second half of this conversation, I ask Felix about working as an illustrator. I ask him about the idea of drawing quickly, 
quote-unquote quickly and what it means as a design choice for our art. I also ask him about the concept he coined called drainting, which he describes as the intuitive combination of drawing and painting. Lots of deep thoughts here, so let's get back quickly into it. Uh, now, uh, you, you, we just talked about it and you said that uh, you're not really drawing, quote unquote, quickly because you are sitting there for an hour mm, yeah. with, with your page and that's not really quick. But compared, like, it's not quick compared to how long people typically spend at one location looking at a building or looking yeah. at a street intersection. Yeah. But it is comparatively a lot quicker than a lot of artists who do this kind of thing. So artists across different media, I know artists who spend two hours on a location. Uh, Ian spends up to three hours on a location. And I follow some artists who spend half a day at their location because simply the scale at which they work and the kind of things they do, etc. So in, in comparison to them, it is sort of a quick thing and I imagine when you're uh, drawing in these crowded locations like if you're drawing in a nightclub you're definitely drawing much 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 more quickly than that you're doing you're doing 30 second drawings you're doing 60 second drawings you're doing yeah and I yeah I use sure I can show you my sketchbook yeah this is um I think most of these things are very very quick yeah quick uh, draw people like this skill it I don't know it takes 20 seconds something like this yeah Including the color, you have to, you have to, you know this this fluent uh, brushes get it just put it on yeah? very quick. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of not... these also seem like single line uh, drawings. Like you don't have the not even because of the style choice, but because you don't have the luxury to lift your pen off the page. You have to finish it in yeah. this moment. Yeah, you have to be quick. No? But um, and of course, I could draw it better with time, but it wouldn't be like this. It wouldn't be loaded up with reality so it's um yeah i think it's um it's it's this this quick drawing yeah as many people ask you how to draw it quick and i think this is not really a point everything have every single thing have its own time and um this is what it's need it could could also need more huh? Um, but um, it's some kind of, it's the same amount. Um, if you want to draw quick, you have to load it up your skills with tons of time. <laughs> then you are quick. <laughs> or you, you can use the time for develop it in this moment. But you can't, you can never get it for free. Yeah? Also be quick. Yeah? So it's not, it's not a question just, oh, I'll make it quick. It, it has to have the quality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like one way to think of it would be that in order to be quick, you have to have those tools ready for you to jump at with. So those training those tools, acquiring those skills, that takes a lot of time. So a 30 second sketch is not a result of 30 seconds of work. It's the result of 30 years of work that you can now draw in 30 seconds. Yeah, you probably know this story from the from the Chinese emperor yeah, who ordered by an artist uh, um, something like an... Like an... Uh, picture from a from a uh, from a uh, chicken. Huh? You know mm -hmm. the story? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, no. Tell me. Um, the emperor goes to an artist and say he had he needed chicken. So the, the the emperor ordered chicken, and the artist say, "Oh wow, that's a difficult um, subject. Yeah, it needs a few weeks." Huh? 
And a few weeks pass and the emperor goes to the artist and say, where's my chicken? Is this finished? And she said, no, it needs a bit more time. And the, the emperor is a bit, yeah, he's the emperor. Yeah, he needs his chicken and don't have time for this shit. Yeah? And uh, ask again, a few year, weeks passed. And um, the artist said, nah, give me one more week. Yeah? And the emperor really was bad and was really uh, disappointed about and um, then he go to the artist after a week and then the artist says yes I'm finished yeah? and the other uh, say yeah show me and he take a paper and a brush and draw a chicken and give it to him and he was the, the emperor was so disappointed say what the fuck you you let me wait for weeks and now you do it yeah and then he he the the, the artist uh, shows the emperor a room with thousands of sketches of lousy sketches of chickens. Huh? This is a shiny, shiny story about this. And I think this is described very well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've had that similar experience just last week. So while you were telling me the story, I was already imagining that room. Uh, somebody reached out to me to draw a quick sketch of them, like a very, because I do a lot of quick portraits. Like you could look at it and I can tell you that I draw them in 60 seconds. But in this person's case, I drew it for like, I have five, six pages with a hundred different versions of it, that all of them are not working for one reason or the other. And then finally, I woke up one morning and I hadn't done anything. I hadn't even uh, had coffee or anything. I just sat at my desk and with half closed eyes, I drew it. And that's the one that worked. And that's the one that looks just right. And there's no, there's no answer to why, but it, whether it's uh, you know, whether it's a sum of all those bad drawings, whether it just needed some amount of less deliberation from me, it just needed me to to do it and not think about doing it. Yeah. But but that's how it happens sometimes. Uh, I I have a question about this, but I want to I want to go back to what I was asking about uh, sketching quick, uh, quote unquote, quickly when outdoors. So uh, when when you're sketching in the moment and you're sketching these things. Uh, what are some things you gain from being able to sketch quickly? What are some things you lose from sketching quickly? Like uh, lose is kind of obvious. There are lots of perfectionist details and things that you cannot put in. But what are some things you gain from being able to sketch quickly? Mm. Okay, I think sometimes needs some things need time. Hmm? For example, if you, you want to have a black area, hmm? And just like the small stalks, it needs time. Um, some things are, in a weird way, more precise if you don't think so long about them. So, yeah, this is what I say. It's more, it's from the from the imagination or it's from from the, your back burner or something. For example, if I want to capture um, a portrait, I do not count it. I just watch it and try to do this yeah in this moment huh? and so sometimes it's really helpful to be quick for this but sometimes the, the world is also what you want to describe is is full with with many details and so i can't say it in general huh? as i think this is just this is a question of priorities i think it's if i want to capture personality huh? It is not so important to be super precise with the nose. And sometimes, of course, I would make a better nose if I have time and I'm in studio and have 
a bigger case with more colors and blah, blah, blah. Huh? But I can't get both. Huh? Not really. I think sometimes if I, if I do it quick and I have a connection to my, my inner small feelings that I don't see. Huh? Um, and sometimes this is a wise thing. Yeah, your back burner is, is wise. Yeah, it, it, it declares the, the world very well. Yeah? but um, you can't. I, I can't be so connected to this, and in the same way, I can can uh, be precise with the colors of the nose or something. So uh, normally, um, I think I separate it a bit. Yeah? For example, if I uh, in, in persons, I'm much more interested in personality than in the size of the nose. Completely not. So I would make it maybe, for example, I, I start with persons and I make it quick because I want to have this connection to my inner feeling. And this maybe is also an explanation why you ask me the, what, what is, why, why is the, the, um, my subjects, my persons are more loudly and maybe as a, as a environment but more precise because there's another point of view huh? before I applied it. Huh? But of course, I do not think so much about huh? I think more about things like composition or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, that kind of uh, leads me to ask you, is that that speed? So, uh, drawing quickly, it, it's a way to sort of defeat any space for hesitations or second thoughts. You want to leap on instinct yeah. and you want That's to give... I need the, the connection to instinct. Yeah, yeah. So then is to draw quickly, is it is it a design choice then to know that that instinct has this power that I if I over-deliberate, I will lose? Or yeah. is it a design choice based on your personality and who you think you are as an, you know, the, the tendency, your nature as an artist that you want to be, you want to have the flair, but you don't want to think about it? I think it, it's, it's both a bit. You know? So some, something beyond this. You know? I think this, this the connection to inspiration you know? without thinking so much you know? to make visible what I see. You know? Maybe also what I see in other people. You know? What not necessarily means that I'm... People always think that if I, if I draw them, they have to, I have to find some kind of inner wiseness about their personality. No, I can't see this. Yeah. This is 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 always what you see in the pictures in the pictures. <laughs> it's not so no. <laughs> but of course we um, we we like this point of view and we like this stories for that reason we like to think like this. Yeah? But for me, yeah, this is also I like to be surprised by my own drawings. But huh? Yeah, yeah, that's such a that's such a good point. Like, there's always a discovery. Sometimes I have these drawings that I'm doing, and my drawings are pure line work. But also, I do my drawings in that thirty to forty five minute period. I don't draw for very much longer than that. That sometimes I reach seventy or eighty percent in even into the drawing, and I think, you know, this is not working. Like, this is just wrong. And just in that last twenty min twenty uh, percent, something happens. And I can't have predicted it because I didn't have any hope that I could rescue this drawing. But yeah. suddenly it's like, oh, this, this, it worked. Like somehow I have rescued it and it has become this thing that I did not expect it to become. 
yeah, again, cooking without recipes. <laughs> Just try something out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so true. Uh, now, this instinct and relying on this instinct and trusting this instinct, there's a bit of faith involved here in the practice that you have put into your 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 uh, your skills and built up this 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 volume of work um now when you're working for somebody else when you're making illust you've made a lot of illustrations for other people's books you've made a lot of illustrations for books under your own name and then there is another attitude almost i feel that comes in when you're sketching into a travels into a sketchbook that is your sketchbook yeah, yeah. so these three things they're very different they almost have three different kinds of expectations from you yeah how, how do you how do you deal with this tension is there a is there a tension between how relaxed you are and how, how what you feel obligated to do yeah. especially when you work for someone else yeah i think this is uh, of course it's, it's the most relaxing thing is just do it by yourself uh, for yourself mm-hmm. um if you work with a customer mm-hmm. it's a bit different thing but i think it's really really helpful if the customer believe in you mm-hmm. And don't stress you, and I don't let stress me. So I think uh, I always declare to my customers: so if you book me, yeah, uh, what you, you see is what you get. Yeah? So it, it, will, it will be me. <laughs> so don't book me for stuff I can't can't uh, do. Yeah? This reduces the stress, yeah? but it's it's. I think it's, it have to do with clear communication. Yeah? And for me, it's also helpful to send the customers. I, I'm not willing to make uh, just to do something because the customers, the publishers, daughter like red, and for that reason, I have to put red inside. Yeah, to, to talk again in the example, example cooking. Yeah, it is like I make a soup, and then the publisher came and said, "Yeah, but my daughter like strawberries. Yeah, put it in the soup. Yeah? Yes, you can do this, but it won't be better. Yeah? Really not. Yeah." Because it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a concept you do, yeah? it's your concept. Yeah? So I think I I really I have um, in the beginning you are not in this, this situation that you can choose your jobs. That's the point. You are happy to work and happy to earn money with this. So I can just say yeah, be there, yeah, stay a while, yeah, and um, after a while it will become better. Huh? They will book you for yourself, huh? but it's more stressful, huh? and it's more. You know, I think it's less good. Normally, it's less good if you work for other people. Huh? Sometimes corporations are, are really fruitful. They are really good, huh? but um, in general, I would say it's better to make your own things. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel the same. Like I have, uh, I feel like a lot of people who give me commissions, they get in touch with me because they like my style. Yeah. So, but when I'm drawing for them, I'm thinking about all the things I want, I need, I need to do for them. And I have to keep reminding myself that no, they want you to be you. They want to because you draw a certain way. So don't, don't keep thinking about this. Yeah, but this is a difficult thing huh? because in, in in reality, of course, if you're a student, you have to pay your your, your tax and your rent and so blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah it have to work, huh? and um, so you need some kind of compromise. And I, I think it's 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 difficult, huh? and it sounds arrogant to say, "Oh, stay by your stuff and so blah blah blah," but 
the, the target should be this. Uh, so, because it's, 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 I think the most, most um, sketchers and most illustrators, they have a cool own style. Yeah? And if, if we have a better communication with customers, no? I think if the customers really realized what they booked, no? mm-hmm. then uh, it will be better. No? I think in America, for example, you have, you have um, here in, in Europe, so you are, you are just, uh, you stay some kind of alone. I will just sell my stuff. If you want to book my illustration, you, you call me. That's, that's the thing. In America, for example, you have, you have people uh, who connect artists and, um, and uh, customers because it's a bigger country with more, more, more market and so on. I think this is better for the communication because um, artists, uh, yeah, of course they, they they feel sometimes also a bit insecure. All these money-wise things, all this, yeah, get paid for their art yeah? because it's not it's not a sausage they they sell. That's uh, also a kind of their personality, and for that reason, it's always a bit, yeah, it's difficult to 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 make business with personality. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a better way if you have, have these people, but in, in Europe, you don't have it so much, or if you have it, they will trick you or something. It's also good. So, yeah. 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 That's, that's a really, that's a really good point. Like there are, uh, it's, it's a pretty common trope that artists are not very good at, uh, at you know the business side of their work or at commercializing yeah. their work and how to how to quote themselves how to price themselves but that's a really good reason that you just put here like I, usually people just say oh they're just bad at it but it's such a good reason that it's because that work is it's not like you are just making some food it's not that you're making a a tangible product you're putting a part of yourself yes. in this work and so that's the point you're selling a little bit of yourself and you have to think about what that is worth and whether you charge too much or you charge too little, both ways, there is some amount of guilt and some amount of pressure involved. And Germany, since since 15 years, we have um, an illustration, illustrations organization, so people who are, um, so we make it by ourselves, illustrators come together and now we are, since a few years, we are the biggest com, com, uh, what you say uh, the biggest um, organization for for illustrators um, in a in a design yeah. and um, we try out to um, yeah to connect each other to um, talk about these things to um, help young illustrators to um, yeah to go in the market and um, to how to to find out what the price is and so on because yeah I think in Europe you have to organize everything by yourself yeah. you have to, we have not such a big tradition with this, and so we, we have to do this. No? I think that's very helpful. So for young illustrators, illustrators, um, it's very good to have a community. No? It, it doesn't necessarily mean that the people are. It's just a question of organization. It's um, it's of course also a question of personality because we are artists. Because in a bad way, we um, maybe we we want to. I don't know. We are. We are, maybe we are nice and sensitive people, of course, yeah? but um, we are, um, I think we are, we, we make these decisions to make art 
not because we feel so big and strong and want to be the greatest. We we make it because we think, oh, it's nicer with books than with other bad children or something like this. Yeah. So um, we are the nice and sensitive ones. And this brings us to the point that we are, as in, in an adult age, we are also the nice and sensitive ones. And um, on the customer side, they are not. Huh? Yeah. So there's a, there's a communication misunderstanding, of course, yeah? and it's yeah, structure-wise yeah. a, a problem. Yeah, It's not just a question of prices, it's also a question of yeah, to feel insecure. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and it, it, it helps to have this structure to point to that, for example, if you could help with a minimum floor of how well you should be paid, or yeah. the terms of how your work should be done or how the terms and conditions between a, a customer and an artist. If you can rely on something that has been given to you from an authority, so you have an organization or you have a guild, it helps you to to not have to put yourself in the position of expressing those things, which can yeah. be difficult for an artist to do, to state their terms, that these are my terms that I will work at. But you can say that, oh, these are the terms that we work at. But uh, what what it raises in my mind is this question that, you know, sometimes uh, illustrators, artists, especially the way that these things work, like the way that achievement is measured, you sometimes think of it as a zero-sum game. Like if you lose, like if somebody else wins, then you lose an opportunity. So how does that, does that, does that clash with the idea of coming together, having an organization or a guild of some kind, like uh, that idea of being together in this business? Mm, that's a that's a difficult uh, thing. I I learned I learned in my life that it's always better to be social, to be um, fair, also with colleagues, not talking bad about colleagues, not being uh, jealous, not uh, doing things like that. That community brings us forward. But I think this is a point that every single uh, human have to come to that it is um, that that will you will have a benefit from things you can't and not from from things you just bring to your own Um, and I think it's good to communicate this it is good if we if we know each other and help us and yeah, for example, just simple things. If we communicate, we know what's, what what is the price from the others. And this is not bad. Hmm? Because when I was a student, nobody knows, really not knows, how, what what is the price for a book or what is the price for a poster or a cover or something yeah, like yeah. this. And I, when I, I become um, a professor, one of the first things I made, I make a, a research by, by colleagues and say, what what is the price for the things you make? Yeah, and make a long list. Huh? Make a list and make make um, and uh, write it down and and show it to my students because we have some kind of in the past some kind of taboo not talking about money and so we make art blah 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 to say the truth. Um, the most taboos, if you think about, yeah, someone will have a benefit from these taboos. And this, in this case, it's not the artist. Yeah. So why should I should defend this position? Yeah. No, no. Quite the contrary. Say it loud. Yeah. Declare it and talk about this because it's there's a really a need, uh, yeah, to bring some kind of yeah light in this business. Huh? But things change very, very much at the moment because of the internet and so so many things change. Huh? 
So I think every new generation have to think about it. You know? Yeah. Oh, yes. That's that's absolutely true. But what a good point that uh, this this taboo is there, and it's matched by these other really terrible things that you hear from some certain kinds of employers or customers, especially large organizations, who take it for granted that you're doing your work out of passion and you enjoy it so much. Mm. So therefore, you should charge less because you're getting fun out of it. It's it's this very uh, it's a bunch of and that plays on your guilt, right? Like you feel bad about. Now yeah, but this philosophy and... doesn't work because the same companies have employers. They make lousy, shitty, I don't know, cleaning works and they don't like it. And they are not the best paid uh, employer. So what? <laughs> and of course, um, it, is, it has nothing have to do with you. This is a benefit your work do. And go to go to a go to a to go to a butcher's shop and say, "Hey, if I give me the 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 sausage for free, I eat it in front of your your your, your butcher's shop, and everyone will see how good it is and how famous you will become famous because I eat your sausage." Yeah? Of course, you will say yes. Yeah, yeah. Here, take it. <laughs> go to a normal life with this this is really funny if you think about what the people think oh can you make it can you make a, a, a illustration for free that we can see what you do go to to something you build your house and say can you can you make the wall for free that i can see it yeah he, that's where we really funny yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah next time we will pay you if it's really good yeah go to your i don't know to your to a dentist or something do this yeah it will be really funny i'm for sure, there will be funny movies about this. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in our branch, it's, it's very relevant that people do this. Huh? They always ask, we can't do it for free. We ask three or four illustrators and then we choose and so, do it to your dentist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So true. Uh, and when when you buy when you buy things at a store, you're in a supermarket or something, and that has a price tag on it, you you don't try to negotiate that price tag with somebody. That oh, you make so many scarves. Why don't you just give me this scarf for free? You don't go into H and M and try to just take a T shirt because come on, you're selling millions of T shirts. Yeah, just give me this one T shirt. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah. yeah, try it out. Go to a restaurant and order 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 food. <laughs> yeah, but. But but the, it's not as funny. It is what I say because they can do this because we let them do this because we feel a bit guilty for being an artist, and this is a weird thing because really um, we think that we are not really important for society, and this is super weird if you think about the people who sell weapons or something. They they should think that they are not important for the society. Yeah, but artists think this. Yeah, artists think this. Because, on the one hand, because they are some special, sensitive guys, I talked before. On the other hand, uh, the society society always say this is not so important. Art is some kind of decoration. Huh? But you can imagine a, a, a world without art, without music, with poetry, without, I don't know, architecture, just with cars? Really? You want to live there? Huh? And I think uh, we have we have societies in the past, Viking civilizations. They have weapons and ships, and but they don't have philosophy or art or something that that brings a society in a good way together. So it's really worse to not to be a Viking. Yeah? And I think that this this should be the price for art not to be a Viking. 
not maybe writing is a bad example because they were nice. I don't know, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So the people, the people say art is worthless, and to say the truth, this is one of the most important things in life, and the people don't recognize this because we always give it for free. And here during the pandemic, you see it. Yeah, they close all the all this, uh, in in Germany. They close all the museums. They close everything. They, the libraries, but they still have slaughterhouses and car factories and there was no lockdown for this and not want to criticize this but you see what happens if you have just this mm -hmm. and to say the two netflix is also some kind of art if you not even have netflix yeah so they will it will be bring really to the light of the world what is how important it is and so i think we should Declare us as important and declare us as important, not to be ashamed to be an artist. You should be ashamed if you sell weapons or you should be ashamed if you make, I don't know, lousy bank stuff or something. There are, there are jobs that the people should be ashamed and they are not. And artists feel ashamed. And they, they, they bring the world to, yeah, they bring the best things in the world. If you think, really think about what is the best in the world besides maybe nature or something. Of course, you will say, well, maybe Mozart, or maybe, I don't know, yeah, something like this. This is art. Nobody would say, oh, the best in the world is, I don't know, huh? radio telescopes. You know what I mean, yeah? Um, yeah, I, 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 completely, I completely agree with what you're saying. I, like, this has been my thinking also. Uh, like some, I had a casual conversation recently with somebody who said that uh, they don't understand art and they don't see the point of art. And I asked them how much Netflix they've seen this week. Yeah. And I said that the, uh, the show that you're binging, the production design is art. The costume design of is course. art. Story is art. Everything you like is art. So, of course. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean art doesn't mean, for me also not, it's not just, not just our drawing. Our students, for example, in my university, I teach students for product design, also for illustration, but also for product design, for media design, for communication design, they learn drawing in my class, yeah. So they 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 need they they, they get art skills, yeah. Because otherwise they can't produce cars. That's the point, yeah. Or it will be ugly cars like in the GDL or something. That's that's the point. Yeah? So what you want, yeah? But uh, I think if it's important as it is, yeah? we should mm, declare it as also as worthy and not something you can just steal. And I don't talk just about companies. I just talk also about internet, for example. I, I just found out there are so many pages to, to sell my pictures yeah, without giving me money for it. They just steal it and sell it. Yeah, wow, that's great. Yeah. If you do the same, go to other people's house, they will declare it as a criminal act. Yeah. But if you steal me, yeah, no problem. He's an idiot. He's an artist. Yeah, you can do this. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this this happens so much and you're exactly right people feel like they can do this to artists because it's quote unquote just art it's just a drawing or it's of just course. a painting he can be happy that we we sell his stuff he can be part of this yeah, yeah. A lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay felix let's talk about this uh phrase that you've used uh in your work and i really like it you call it a uh, drainting or is it drointing? Yeah, drainting. Uh, yeah. One of the two. So it's you describe it as the intuitive combination of drawing and painting. Yeah. And uh, I want to ask you, 
how does this uh, stand out from how we otherwise typically think of these acts what how like what was the need for this phrase and how does it differ from you for in your mind yeah. from what people otherwise first of all i think it was a bad idea to use this phrase because um um my the english publishers the publishers in america don't want to buy the license because it's such a shitty title we can't do this <laughs> so maybe this was not a good idea yeah i think it, it will come out this year in in america but uh, published by a spanish uh, publishing house to bring it out in america yeah but my idea basically was i find out that um that both ways drawing and painting um, I mean, let me say it in a different way for example if you draw a human huh, what we do lines on paper and what we see a human it's completely different things we work in a tradition and if you think about how oh, the tradition from drawing is not really as old Yeah, okay, really drawings, but it's, it's the older drawings for the Middle Ages. So there was some kind of combination of drawings and paintings. And the really precise drawing, what we declare, came from the Renaissance. Because the people, for example, they work and make um, uh, paintings on, on walls for, for the churches. And um, to doing these things, they have to automatic, automatic um, their, uh, training, uh, their, their uh, drawing structure. Because they don't have enough time because they make it in a the, in the wet ground. And so one guy just makes the drawing, one guy just um, colors the clouds and colors the persons and so on. They, they, they make it automatically. They make some kind of drawing factories. And um, in this tradition, we're still working in. Because if you see, for example, if we, if we draw a person, the persons do not have outlines. Just not. But we, we declare outlines. So we declare the border between the person we draw and the background, doing a small line. And uh, it is very difficult. We talked about uh, before, it's very difficult to be super precise with your line because it's a very small border. Huh? There's a big area face, big area background, and a small border. And sometimes some areas do not have borders. For example, the nose. For that reason, the noses looks always a bit shitty if people try to, to draw the nose, yeah? because there is no border, not, not declare border like in the eye or something. So I, and instead of um, of um, making good compositions, good um, proportions, good um, things, say, the people handle always while drawing, yeah? with these lines, with these precise things. And so, so I um, developed a way from the students, yeah? special in the beginning just for nude, uh, nude drawings, yeah? um, to be, first of all, very precise with um, the silhouettes, with um, more painting elements. Yeah? Start with painting things. Painting, for example, just the silhouette, yeah? Uh, the crown structure, the proportion, things like this. So separate the problem. Because if you draw, huh, you have lines and texture and light and shadow. And um, if it's a birth or skin or whatever, yeah, you have um, proportions, you have um, how it stands, you have many different problems to make it in one way. And as you know from cooking, if you cook something and you uh, make a telephone call and write something, if you do many things in the, in the same way, do not work so good. So I 
um, the way was to separate a bit because normally we start with drawing and then we add the color. And this was counterwise, that we start with some kind of color and then add the drawing, make this outline afterwards. And uh, this, is an, this is just a new way to, to understand pictures. Also, for example, for understand perspective. Because if we talk about perspective, yeah, normal, uh, normally we talk about vanishing points and lines and so on. But it doesn't, this is not the only way to understand space. Space also, since things that before and after, uh, things like, like um, colors that change, uh, things like, um, yeah, sizes, shot settings, everything. So there's many things to understand space without perspective. And if you start contrary wise, not with the with a drawing, start with what you see, maybe just with the shadows. Hmm? It is easier to understand. This is more a way to learn drawing. Not so much for professional drawers because they, they probably know this. Hmm? But for, for students it's a very good way to, to improve, to develop drawing skills because it's not we just handle when we draw with things that not exist like outlines. Huh? Always, and it's much better to, to handle with fir- uh, as a first step with with simplified things you see, huh? because you you for example in new drawings the people make they they erase the nose three times and make the uh, the hairs and don't but the whole proportion is 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 bad. That's the point. Huh? And I think it's much better yeah, not to be uh, described so precise what kind of, of hair the person has yeah, and to fulfill the, the body in a good way. And if you make it like this with silhouettes, also you, you don't come to the point that you start somewhere and then you find out that you don't have enough paper to fulfill the paper. Uh, but you think in, 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 in spots, start with spots is easily. And the other aspect in this book is um, a phenomenon called pareidolie. Did you hear about this? No, I don't have not. Uh, yeah, it's not so known, but it's it's a very it's very common. We, we all have it all the time, but we it's, uh-huh. the, the name is not so um, uh, common. Um, the pareidolie came from Greek, yeah? and it says something that appear. Yeah? And the phenomenon is, is well known if you lie in a, in a class and look in the clouds and you see, oh, there's a, a horse in the cloud or a face or uh-huh. something. Uh-huh. And of course, there's no horse in the cloud. There's a horse in your head. <laughs> yeah. Be- because we need structure. This is the way we see things. Yeah. And this is a phenomenon that is, so for what I mean, is very important for drawing. And it's a good way to bring out creativity. Huh? So there's some kind of um, exercises. Just start maybe a, a spot of coffee or espresso or what you want and, and circle the, um, the, the, um, the sketchbooks as long as you see something. And then you fulfill what you see. So draw what's in your mind. Huh? It's, a, it's a good way to open creativity. And it's a bit of combination. So sometimes it helps you to 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 copy reality. Sometimes it's also as helpful to bring uh, creativity uh, uh, forward. So I call it painting because it's a, a mixture from drawing and painting, and it starts always with some kind of painting. 
not was toy yeah a couple of things that i really liked about what you said firstly uh you said that the advantage of doing the silhouette first is that uh so how i think of it is that when i'm when i find something that's interesting for me to draw mm. i go outside in mm. so yeah. especially when i'm drawing a person who might yeah. uh, so i'm drawing people at a traffic light very often and you know i have 15 seconds they'll be gone so i capture their whole form and then i go into the details of yeah, that you you got the idea that that is the point yeah it is very practical for example for um, sketching outside because of the people will go no huh? but if you just capture their hairs or their nose and they go yeah it is worthless but you have a silhouette yeah it's very good you can copy the, the trousers from another person yeah you can copy the trousers from another person you can now feed in a little bit of your imagination into it because you've got a structure to work with yeah and and it occupies a space so now if i was thinking of an urban sketch once i have the form of a person there now again thinking of it as human centric the size of the tree the how much of the building i can see on my page all of that is now relative to the person who is there so we make traditional wise and we never think about this this is just tradition we have it you know since 500 years yeah we make it a big bit more difficult as it should be you know? so so i think this is a good way and i think so my students were very happy with doing this you know? so i thought maybe we can um, um make a book of it you know? and um no show it you know? but uh, yeah as i told you we we in 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 germany this trading sounds funny but in in america it's it's like a, a sink or something is <laughs> <laughs> so so as a publisher i really think so easy they think on oh, name the title is not so good okay yeah. so <laughs> did you construct this word in english or did you construct it in german and then no in in in, in english we have many many uh, german phrases yeah uh, uh-huh. english phrases in germany yeah? so uh-huh. drawing and painting and drawing is very well known so uh-huh right yeah interesting uh, now the first point that i wanted to come to about what you were saying is uh, how you were describing lines and that's so true that well they don't actually exist in nature you don't have a, a line border for your face no, you don't have no. a line shape no. for your nose it's just the way the translations that i'm so as a person who draws only lines as as i do so the translation that i'm doing is i'm translating shape into uh into with borders so yeah. shapes with respect to shapes behind them with respect to shapes around them and i'm defining what is the border within which this shape this three dimensional shape exists yeah. this volume exists and how it how it flattens on my page and in case of the nose especially i really i, I didn't i don't know why i've never thought about it this way but essentially we are playing off the light and the way that the light falls on the nose is how i define the shape of the nose yeah. especially when i'm doing it in line work i'm thinking of how uh, how 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 i recognize it therefore in like there's a bit of translation here so there's a bit of translation from my end when i'm translating reality into this kind of language of lines yeah but what's really interesting to me and that greek word you mentioned can you tell me that word again what the the paradoli paradoli yeah paradoli so uh, what i really liked about it is that i i've always thought about this that we try to find patterns in whatever we see and we try to this is how we built constellations for example we've tried to define it uh, these patterns of stars 
with relation to how we understand the world and objects of we recognize. Of course, we do this. This is what you. It's not just the clouds. If you if if you have a dark room, you think, oh, there's a ghost inside, or because of it was in 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 our past and evolution. Of course, it was helpful to see one lion more that not exists than less lion that exists. So, of course, it, it happened. But the bad thing, of course, is also that the people try to find patterns in every silly things. They think, oh, maybe it's a relation between Corona and Bill Gates or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's also Pavado League. Uh, sorry. <laughs> it is it's also it's, excellent, it's, excellent it sounds, point. It sounds nice, but it's a sheep in the cloud. That is it. Yeah? Sorry to say this. Yeah? But it is like... Unfortunately, it's a very strong sheep in the cloud. No? So, yeah, a very dangerous sheep. <laughs> a, a dangerous sheep in the cloud. Yeah. But it's, it's, to say the truth, it's a sheep in the cloud. Sorry, yeah, nothing else. No? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so uh, with respect to art, how, how I was thinking about this is that then the person who's looking at my drawing or looking at anybody's drawing, they look at your nose and the way you've drawn noses in your drawings and your quick sketches and in the sketches that you've had a little bit more time with then it depends on how universally recognizable that shape is as a nose. Like you mentioned, you know, we intimately recognize the human form. We can immediately see something doesn't look right about this. But then the kind of style you practice as an illustrator, any illustrator who has a distinct style they work in, they're working in a language. And then anybody who looks at it is also absorbing that language and understanding that within the world of Felix's art, this is how these shapes are playing different roles. Yeah. So that's that's like the, the beautiful part of finding patterns where they don't exist because you help them to see things in your way and then they end up speaking your language in a sense because that nose does not look like that. But they recognize it as a nose once you have put it in that place, once you have given it that rough sort yeah. of shape that they appreciate. But it's always, always the thing with imagination. Huh? Imagination mm -hmm. could be fruitful or dangerous huh? depends very much what you want to make with this it's, it's a tool huh? but it's not a weapon it's a tool so it's a tool and i i like that then when we look at art therefore and i'm coming to this idea now is that there is a bit of imagination also on the part of the viewer and there is a bit of active work that of anybody who looks at a piece of art has to now put in to make those things make sense and recognize them. This is, an, um, well, if you talk about it, uh, there are some interesting stories, a uh, story from the um, year approximately 1920 in Russia. There was an um, uh, institute for cinema coffee in Moscow. And there was a professor called Kuleshov. Huh? I think he's not so well known, but he makes such interesting work about how pictures interact with our imagination. Uh -huh. For example, he makes a very nice thing. He makes an, an experiment. He, he, he go to an actor and say, and talk with him and say, could you just look at the camera and think about your taxes? So what you have to pay for taxes or something like this. So it's a natural thing. Yeah without not really meaning, <laughs> meaningless, count something, do something like this. And you, the film ex still exists, you see this actor, look. Huh? And then he make cuts, and he cuts this actor, 
with uh, the scene from this actor with an erotic scene or with a scene with a, a, a funeral or with um, oh, food or something. And then he, he shows this many, many times to, to the auditorium and asks the people how, what they think was the, how, how was the actor? Is this good what he do? And they say, yeah, yeah, you see, you see the, the, the fire in his eyes. Or you see, you can really feel he's, he's, he's so naturally sad or how hungry he is. And it was always the same scene. And they make, they make research about this and they found out that art, not just work for itself. It is also how you combine it. And for us, it's, it's very easily done. If you, for example, if you make urban sketching and you draw a building huh, and you make the, a black sky or a red sky, it looks so different if you compare it to the thing that you make with a blue sky or with white. Huh? So it is also fruitful for us always to, to uh, act with um, the fact that um, you have an auditorium and the people who see this. Huh? It's a bit more uh, an illustration theme, but I think it's always very interesting to to reflect this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I feel the same. I feel like uh, there is a meaning that you could put to it. There's like in the example you gave, there is a meaning that the actor is thinking. The actor is thinking about his taxes, and he's got a certain emotion with respect to that that he puts in what he's doing. But there is a way that the director then sees it then once you have put it with juxtaposed with the other images which have nothing to do with this, mm-hmm. then there is a different context in which the audience sees it. And that's always the case with all creative work in essence, I feel. Yeah. Uh, you are let, leaving it to other people to then do with whatever they want. And that can be sometimes this uncomfortable for an artist that it's going to be yeah. taken in its own context or 100 years later, somebody yeah. will see it in some other way entirely from what you of mean course. about it see windmills and think wow he wanted to be romantic <laughs> yeah oh yeah that's that's actually a beautiful point i never thought about it like that that uh, what van gogh was doing he was painting the most latest things of his of, of his world of course it, it was it was like you go to i don't know to the petrol station and draw a petrol station this is what he did yeah it was not windmill oh old times no they work yeah that was a working place yeah <laughs> However, yeah. so but I think we can also learn from this point of view. Yeah? Don't copy and copy and copy people's other people's pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, uh, Felix, I want to talk to you now about uh, another thing that's associated with uh, your work and uh, your job title, which I think, by the way, is a fantastic title to have you are a professor of illustration mm. and yeah. I, I love I just love how that sounds and I know nothing about it so can you tell me something about the kinds of te- uh, kinds of things that you teach the different kinds of students who who would study under you and the different kinds of things they would want to do with what you teach them um, yeah I'm a um, professor in a, in a German design faculty uh, the Münster School of Design and Münster is West Germany uh, the construction in Germany is uh, we don't have tenorship or something. So we have um, fixed universities. No? So um, if, you are, um, if you are a professor in a university, you are um, a part of this university for your lifetime. So, but you can't really, you can apply for these jobs, but it's not really a job you can 
it's a bit difficult to explain because there's, there's a long process to get this job. No? And if you have this job, um, you, you are responsible for, for the part of the university, also for, for organizing the university, no? and of course for the education of the students. No? So it's um, it's a bit things mm, this thing was takes also much energy it's just not not just a, a title so you have to work for it a lot yeah not so much teaching so, so in, in german universities i have to teach 18 in my case 18 hours weekly yeah? so it's not like a school no? uh, but we have also to organize uh, the faculty and to work with faculty and i'm the um, head of the illustration faculty and, and um my university so i'm the speaker of the illustration group and of course we have to to organize some kind of structure how to teach illustration especially because in germany there okay we have um, many design faculties but in in, in the most cases it's, uh, that's the illustration uh, they do not have a department they are a part of the communication uh, design so but if, if you really want to study illustration, you have to go to our university or to the bigger one, Hamburg University. No? All other universities, they have illustration professors, but mostly one no? and not more and not a big department. And the, and the degree the students do is not really illustration. They, they make a communication design degree. degree. So, so professor means um, it's, it's a title. Okay, I really don't care about titles. It's but it's a, it's a safe job for a lifetime. You, they can't kick you out, uh, just in case you're a criminal or something. But not not not, not really in Germany. They can't kick you out. No. So, or if you're a Nazi or something, then they will kick you out. Yeah. But this is the only point for good reasons in Germany. But not 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 for a normal life. No. And but it means that you are really responsible. You're responsible for the for the students, for the education. You make the decisions. What is illustration and how to teach illustration? So it's a, a it's a big responsibility. And um, I'm really aware that I'm I, I want that my students um, I'm not just doing their uh, beloved um, hobby for a while and then they, they go out and do something different. I want they, they should become illustrators huh? and uh, earn money with this and become good and famous, make better things than I do. Huh? So, of course, I'm, I feel responsible for this. Huh? And my, my, my colleagues, I have two wonderful colleagues, yeah? they are also um, really responsible. Yeah? They are um, more, one is more of our um, uh, their um, main uh, aim is uh, scientific illustration, and the other one is their main aim is uh, children's book illustration. I am for editorial illustration, book illustration, and so on. Yeah? So, and um, I think it's a it's an opportunity, but it's also hard work, and um, I I feel this responsibility. Hmm? And I was really sad that we have this 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 uh, um, pandemic at the moment, and we don't see our students so much. We just see them in Zoom. In the last semesters, I gave a, um, a workshop with a Higgins concept and with distance and so outside, not in the room. And so, but it's not the same. You know? So, of course, and I think it's a bad situation for the students at the moment because yeah, they don't see universities, they don't see communiton professors. Uh, also, we, we have, of course, also we have lecturers, we have substitute professors, we have um, people who are responsible for, um, yeah, for the, for the, um, 
for the studios and so on. So we have many people who normally they connect with and they, they teach them. Right? And yeah, the situation at the moment is okay. But it is as it is. Uh, a friend says yesterday, yeah, okay, we are we are uh, noggling around that we have to wear masks yeah, while um, Taliban wake conquered Afghanistan. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So of, co- of course, yeah, it's bad. But yeah, if you think twice, it's it, it is a bad situation. That yeah, is, in know. perspective, absolutely. Uh, even one small factor is that if you had, if there was a time in the last even in the last 20 years for there to be a pandemic and for us to try to continue our lives, yeah. this is perhaps the best time for it because the video technology is evolved yeah, to that right. level that yeah. now you can I, you and I can have this conversation. Right, yeah. You can talk to students over Zoom or Microsoft Teams or other softwares, things that would not have been possible on the internet with the bandwidth that the internet allowed. Even 10 years ago would have been impossible. You're, you're, that's, a, that's a really important point. And of course, we have vaccination after one yeah. year. Yeah, who? Yeah. Well, yeah. who? In, if you think uh, four or five years. <laughs> yeah, well, if you, I don't know, if, if Columbus conquered America, yeah, they get they get uh, the plaque or pox or something, and they all died. Yeah? So, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, as a as a closing question, I kind of just wanted to know. Uh, what what are some different kinds of students that benefit from learning illustration, especially in the design context? Fewer fewer and fewer people have these drawing skills. Mm. So h- how how does it benefit people who are not going to become artists or illustrators exactly? But how does it benefit other other design students to learn how to draw? Oh, of course, because you can make ideas visible. If you want to create new things, yeah, you can't make photos from invisible new things you can't make photos from things in your head you can't google things that never exist if you want to create new things and this is a job of a designer you have to bring out things out of your head through your hand through a pencil or maybe through a a wake-up but you have to bring it out and for that reason it is some kind of yeah it's the same you could ask the same question why we should write because we want to declare things, because we want to document things, because we want to say things. But if you Google things, you never will find new things. You just will find things that exist in the internet. And worst, you will find the things that most people also Google it first. So what? This is nothing new. So for a designer, um, it is. I think it's it is super important. And uh, to say the true, the word design came from designio, drawing. Designio, Italian drawing. Hmm? That's a, that's a, the roots of the word design. So it's drawing. Hmm? So of course we need it. And contrary wise, I think for my students is also I, my, our illustration students also have to learn. Basics, typography, basics um, um, in general, composition, and so on. And this is also very good for them. No? So it's good to, to that we are, have an integrate uh, design um, studio. No? So um, our students also have learned the basics from, from the other faculties. No? So our structure is when you come to our school, we start two semesters with basics, with drawing, also with typography, with, with many different things, with colors, and so on. And they are not specialized. They people declare themselves we want to 
go and study illustration or product design, but we say you can't decide it in the first semesters. All of you will have to learn everything. And then we see. It's a, I think it's a, it's a German tradition. It came a bit from Bauhaus or something like this here. Not all the schools make it like this. I think it's a bit, a bit special in our case because we think the students need these skills. Also, my students, if they make illustration, nobody makes illustrations to hang it on the wall as a picture. It will be print. So they have to know the skills about typography, about, um, yeah, generating design. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, these that's that's a really that's a really good point. Um, so Felix, I want to I want to thank you for giving me your time and for of having course. this super wonderful conversation with me. I've I've learned so much from talking to you and gained so many good ideas about things that I understood in one way, but now you've given me these extra dimensions to think about them with. Thank you, Nishan. It was for me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was a quite good conversation. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm happy that um. Yeah, you asked me. So I feel really honored. Yeah, and uh, so I'm, I'm, um, and maybe in better times we will see us. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sneaky Art Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I learned a lot of things. Early in the episode, almost offhandedly, Felix said, "Talent is a fairy tale." I could not agree more. I keep coming back to this refrain in different articulations with different guests. But I guess it is important to emphasize it. Talent is a fairy tale. Of course, there's always the chance that we're not right. Maybe talent is a real thing. And maybe those of us with talent are simply biased by virtue of having this talent and are therefore expectedly blind to their bias. So maybe talent is not a fairy tale, but a very real thing that affects all of us. What then? This is an idea that I've grappled with for many years. For the longest time that I struggled to draw and was unable to do to do it well, the word talent was like a balm to my bruised ego. But having reached a point where I'm quite happy with my progress and pleased with the state of my art, I wonder what purpose the word the concept of talent served in my life. Why do we keep using it to describe the works of others? I'll be thinking a little bit more about this and writing about it, as well as some other things that Felix said in my weekly newsletter, The Sneaky Art Post. The post is a space where I chronicle my latest art, thoughts such as these from the podcast, and share my journey of self-education to become an artist. If you like this show, if you appreciate the way that I speak or put forward my arguments, I think you will really like the newsletter too. Find the link in the show notes to check it out and consider subscribing. Or you can simply visit sneakyart.substack.com. I will also be writing a bonus commentary for this episode. This is something I do with episodes that give me a lot of food for thought. I take the opportunity to go down some of the more interesting tangents in the larger conversation and explore some interesting rabbit holes. It helps me to learn a lot more new things and also to articulate these ideas with people who care about them. I will speak more about it next month as part of a new series of offerings that I'm preparing in consultation with members of the Sneaky Art Club. That is the patrons and supporters and listeners who buy me coffee every month.
If you like my work and in addition to supporting it, would like to join this focus group for my ideas and plans, find the link in the show notes to my Buy Me A Coffee page and become a member. In any case, I'll see you in a couple of weeks with a new episode featuring an artist whose work I've enjoyed very much for the past few years. Until then, I would like to thank you as ever for your time and for your attention. Mm-hmm.